Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about something that will really help make your business successful. And I'm so excited about it because this is a subject that I think many people don't even know that much about. They get very confused about it. They're not quite sure, does it even pertain to them? So please join me in welcoming Robert Nickel to our program today. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, Deb. Super excited to be here. I really appreciate you you having me on. I've listened to several of your episodes and you have such interesting guests. So, so thankful to be here and appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you. You know, people always say, why do you do this? It's because I get to talk to the cool people in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, you've definitely had some interesting guests on here, especially the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Uh, you know, I learn something from every single program. And so then I'm hoping that the, the our listeners and our viewers are learning also. Um, but yeah, it's just, I really do talk to, to very cool people. So let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Robert Nickel is the founder and CEO of Rocket Station, the leading provider of outsourced staffing and process management for the business process outsourcing, BPO, industry. Rocket Station helps businesses hire virtual teams with efficiency and profitability. Simplified staffing allows operators to focus on core competencies and outsource the rest. When not helping clients build better businesses, you'll find Robert traveling the world or playing with his nephews in Dallas. So again, Robert, welcome. Yeah, it's quite quite an introduction. I, I appreciate it, Deb. That, that was awesome. Perfect. I love it. Well, I always like finding out how my guests got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit about how it is that you you got to to where you are and how it is that you discovered that this is your passion in life? Yeah, I jumped into uh, entrepreneurship a couple mm-hmm. years out of college. I, I started a real estate company, a real estate investing business where mm-hmm. I did do some retail stuff as a realtor on the side, but mostly it was to, to buy, fix and flip houses like okay. you see on the TV shows mm-hmm. or read in the books. And uh, I thought that was going to be a great way to to both generate some great income, mm-hmm. but as well, um, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. read that, Deb, mm-hmm. but he talks about passive income. Right. And the model that he gives in that book is is real estate, where you, you buy mm-hmm. property, put tenants in there. So that's what I got going for a few years. And um, at first, it was great, Deb. I was getting after it. I was making more money than mm-hmm. I was my regular job and and everything seemed to be really good. The problem was I'd I'd reached a ceiling. It was just me. I was Mm -hmm. by myself. I wanted to grow, wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to scale. And I proceeded to make all the pitfalls or make all the mistakes Mm -hmm. and jump into all the the pitfalls that most people Mm -hmm. make in trying to hire people. Started with friends and family. That didn't work very well. And then I started hiring off Craigslist and Indeed Mm -hmm. and the ladders and all the the traditional job boards. And Mm -hmm. Failed at that as well. And I was one of those guys that that walked around talking about hiring good people's hard and Mm -hmm. trying to find the right people. And oh, it's just so hard to get help. And I was complaining about the workforce, essentially. And uh, I had some great mentors in my Mm -hmm. life, fortunately. I had some people that I respected really well. And they were using and leveraging virtual teams within mm-hmm. their business to do all kinds of things. Right. And it really clicked for me that, hey, I don't have to have somebody in my office. Mm-hmm. They can be every bit as capable to do all the day-to-day tasks within my business. So from one of my mentors showing me how it was done, that's how I really started doing, uh, mm-hmm. first started trying to grow my business using mm-hmm. virtual teams. And most people, when they think of outsourcing, you think of all these terrible experiences that Mm -hmm. you've had with big companies, like the first time I bought a Dell computer, or even today, whenever Mm -hmm. I buy stuff from Best Buy or other companies that use these huge outsourcing providers, Mm -hmm. it's like, 
you don't get a great experience, you don't get very high quality. But what I learned was, and this was in 2011, what I learned is that the idea of outsourcing doesn't have to be where you go hire a big company and right. they just de delegate whoever. I really learned this uh, entire new thing to me and mm -hmm. lots of other people had been doing it, but you can hire competent, college educated, mm -hmm. perfect English speaking teams from mm -hmm. almost anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. world to do all kinds of tasks. So from 2011 to 2013, 14, I just did that for myself and helped ah. other people mm -hmm. do it. Ultimately perfected a process, created a formula of how to build and hire great teams mm -hmm. and manage virtual assistants. And that's kind of what Rocket Station is today is just uh, basically all the, the things that I failed at for so long that we kind of <laughs> created a solution for that. And, and that's mm -hmm. why we exist today to help other people where I struggled as well. Great. You know, I, I love that you took your failures and turned them into successes. You know, so many times we, when we, and we fail, I mean, we're human, but we think, ew, don't do that again, which I mean, yeah, we shouldn't repeat the failures, but then we also don't ever think about them again. And you took those and went, how can I fix this? So it's not a failure the next time. And more importantly, so it's not a failure for someone else. Yeah. Failure is for us. It's just an opportunity to provide solutions and mm -hmm. create maybe more efficiency, whatever mm -hmm. we need to, same way with fires, right? If there's right. fires in the organization or if I'm needed, my phone's blown up, mm -hmm. the, the hook, that, that means that there's opportunity for us mm -hmm. to create systems, processes, structure, something. There's, it's definitely an opportunity mm -hmm. for us to fix and, and create a solution there. Right. So we're, we're not trying to, to screw up. And mm -hmm. I, you know, my mistakes obviously weren't fun, but that really is how I mm -hmm. learn. And unfortunately, I, I learned a lot over, mm -hmm. over the years, <laughs> but really those lessons are we we put into to mm -hmm. the formula today where we have such great success mm -hmm. with placing team members with our client. Mm -hmm. Really, that retention comes from a result of us doing it ourselves, mm -hmm. trying to figure it out, practicing mm -hmm. what we preach for a really long time, and then just passing that information on to, right. to our clients. Right. You know, one of the things that I have found working with small business owners is we tend to think we have to do it all. You know, otherwise we're a failure. And, you know, and, and that's so silly because we're not usually tax attorneys. We're not CPAs. We're not those things. And but we're, we're thinking, well, I, to be successful, I need to learn how to do that. And I tell people, you know, I'm not going to try open heart surgery just by watching something on YouTube. So, you know, we need to outsource these things because it is you know, the, the big thing is, yes, it is an expense, but it is a much better use of our time than to be trying to figure out tax code. And, you know, how do I set up a business and, you know, what is marketing? You know, it's, it really is better to outsource those things. Yeah, I mean, I fully understand so many people come to us and like the most people understand outsourcing or virtual assistants mm -hmm. or have heard about it in some some way, especially since COVID. Mm -hmm. And the number one question people always have is like, how, how does that apply to me? Right. And a lot of people where they mm -hmm. are is, you know, they have been out there by themselves having to figure it out mm -hmm. and they're very good at, at what they do, but there's a lot of moving parts in the business as, mm -hmm. as you're talking about, you're talking about highest and best use of the time. But for most people that for a while, as you know, it does land on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. It comes down on them. So we totally, I totally understand mm -hmm. That I was there at one point where I thought that if I didn't do it, it wouldn't be done correctly mm -hmm. or it's not going to be done the right way. I, I totally understand mm -hmm. that feeling, but there is just such limited growth and limited opportunity there. Like you mentioned, highest mm -hmm. and best use of your time. Most people don't really know how they're spending their time throughout right. the day. They're just kind of getting mm -hmm. through the day and making sure that things get done and, and nothing gets dropped mm -hmm. and and that is one way to do it. And, and sometimes there's seasons, right? Mm -hmm. There's sometimes where we have to kind of pick up and do a little bit more than we should. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we think that if we put really clear structure, if there's if we really think out what we're doing mm -hmm. all day, what's the highest and best use of our time? Mm -hmm. And then that kind of builds the path to kind of figuring out what we should delegate or outsource mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. But yeah, I totally understand the feeling. But if you ever really want to grow, if you ever really want to have, um, you know, the business most people mm -hmm. say that they want to have, then you then you definitely have mm -hmm. to be able to delegate the task. You mentioned accounting, like we mm -hmm. do lots of yeah bookkeeping, because mm -hmm. how many entrepreneurs are good at, at keeping their books? Right. Or, mm -hmm. or, 
you know, like software companies are mm-hmm. great at building software and sometimes not that great mm-hmm. at product walkthroughs or demos mm-hmm. or customer support, right? Or, you know, sales teams, how many people do you know, Deb, that build sales teams and then have them do everything? I mm-hmm. mean, you mentioned your producer and your teams mm-hmm. for to get this podcast going. Mm-hmm. People are scheduling appointments and mm-hmm. doing the follow-up and all the prep work and mm-hmm. research and the amount of notes that you sent over before. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things happening. So if you have to do every single one of those, it would make this a lot harder, right? right? But mm-hmm. being able to delegate and outsource mm-hmm. several of those tasks, then you get to focus on the highest and best use of your time mm-hmm. and the highest priority, which ultimately drives your business much faster mm-hmm. than if you were doing it all by yourself. Right. You know, I think one of the biggest things, anyhow, with me is that, you know, it's like, well, nobody can do it the way I would do it. And of course, my way is the only way to do it. Um, you know, and, and when that finally got through to me that somebody else could do it, do it in however way works for them, as long as it works, that's the important thing. Um, you know, and, and so it was interesting. I've, I've had several VAs through the years and my first VAs were the ones that I either micromanaged, which that was a complete waste of everybody's time, or I didn't explain things well enough to them, you know, and, 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 and then that was just really the, the recipe for disaster because I was expecting them to just figure out how to do it. And, and, you know, and it's so funny because we do this in our own businesses, but if we were an employee or a manager in a bigger company, we'd never do that, (laughs) but somehow we just kind of, our brain shorts out when it's our business. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, we work with single member companies, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's just one, uh, one Mm -hmm. man or woman entrepreneur getting Mm -hmm. after it. And we work with, you know, some really large companies, publicly traded companies, and everybody kind of does the same thing that Mm -hmm. you just mentioned, which is we we're feeling some pain in the Mm -hmm. day to day. We know we need to get more done. So Mm -hmm. we just hire somebody and throw them at the problem and Mm -hmm. expect them to be able to to succeed. And Mm -hmm. it's, we really view that as the formula for mm-hmm. a disaster. Like right. that is the mm-hmm. recipe for how to mm-hmm. not do it correct. And so we, we, you know, you're kind of hinting at, at having a, a process and idea mm-hmm. of what success looks like beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that's really why we go through the, the four steps mm-hmm. that we kind of require everybody to mm-hmm. go through because we think everybody kind of does it backwards. The, mm-hmm. the wrong way to do it is start by hiring mm-hmm. and then putting somebody in place. Right. We think you should first kind of map those tasks mm-hmm. out, create oh, a definitely. Mm-hmm. work for every single thing mm-hmm. that's happening at that task. And very few people have gone through that process. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something I understand because for me as an entrepreneur, I was good at sales. I was good at meeting with clients face to face. I was good at closing deals. I was not good at all the day-to-day admin. Mm-hmm type right. stuff. Mm-hmm. And so to sit down and build a scope of work, build out a mm-hmm. process for how every single task in the business was going to run, mm-hmm. that seemed overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It seemed like something that I just, and I wasn't good at that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm guilty as anybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. But once I actually hired a company back before Rocket Station existed way back in the day to just build out mm-hmm. everything that was happening in my mm-hmm. business. And Deb, that gave me so much insight into where I was actually spending my time, mm-hmm. what it took to get tasks done. Yep. And then also I was able to kind of restructure mm-hmm. and reframe how I wanted things to go. Mm-hmm. So we think that that is really the first step, mm-hmm. discovering alignment and building systems Mm -hmm. and processes into what the job description Mm -hmm. is like what task are we actually going to be completing and for us that's really the first Mm -hmm. step that everybody should go through Mm -hmm. and then from there now you have a roadmap with who would fill that Mm -hmm. role right correctly right because inside sales is that if we map out needing some help to for sales support or being able to close contracts, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. That's a usually a different type person than somebody who's going to be mm-hmm. updating the CRM and keeping your social media updated and engaging in, mm-hmm. in social media communities, right? So before we go hire somebody, we think the first step is to have a clear mm-hmm. view of what success is supposed to look like. You talked about having no idea when people come in what, what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. I mean, that is so common. Right. And it, it's just kind of the way most people do mm-hmm. it. And we think if you just flip that formula mm-hmm. around and start with the end right. in mind, mm-hmm. build systems mm-hmm. and processes, now all of a sudden hiring people mm-hmm. is 
is doable. Mm -hmm. And then the onboarding, you know, that mm -hmm. giving them a clear path, clear roadmap to, to what their first few mm -hmm. days and weeks look like. So mm -hmm. yeah, we, we go through all of that process, but I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the mm -hmm. head that it's really the order and how you go right. about that process yeah. that really makes all the mm -hmm. difference in the yeah. world. Yeah. You know, my VA um, that I have is the producer for this program. We've been together, oh gosh, I think now about three and a half years. So clearly we've got a, a good process down, but it wasn't until I did exactly what you said, where I sat down and the first thing I did was figure out, okay, this is what I do to, to get this done. So I'd send emails, I'd do this, I'd do this, I'd do this. And then I figured out, okay, here's how much time that took me to do. And that was really where the eye opener was because I went, oh gosh, I'm spending three hours a week, five hours a week, whatever on this when someone else really could be doing it. Um, you know, and, and so when I came up with that job description, you know, I, I worked with a, a company that, that uh, provided VAs and, and I said, okay, here's the job description. We all kind of figured out what the, you know, what the salary should be. And that's, you know, that's of course, you know, one of the big concerns is people are like, aren't they really expensive? Depends on what you're having them do. I mean, you know, if they're, if they're doing something very, very detailed that takes tons of experience and knowledge, well then yes, it's going to cost more. Um, but, you know, when I had that job description, then I actually had interviews. I interviewed, I don't know, five or six different people and they happened to all be women just because I was working with a company called Hire My Mom. But, you know, it was, and, and, you know, and, and we went through this whole process of here's the job description, here are the expectations, you know, and, and part of it was I needed to know that they could take that and then run with it and really make it their own. Just like if it was in a <clears throat> real business, um, you know, and, and so what, and, and I'll tell you what really impressed me about my producer was she was the only one who contacted me afterwards. You know, they all contacted me, said, thank you. I mean, they've clearly been told that is something that you do, but she contacted me and said, here's some suggestions I would make. And I thought, oh, she's sewing initiative right away. And, and that to me was that, that was the key, um, you know, and, and so I knew I could just turn everything over to her. Every once in a while, we tweak things because she'll say, eh, this isn't quite working right or, you know, technology changes or, or whatever. But it really is something where you're so right. I had to have that job description before I could ever start the process. Yeah. And it sounds like you conducted a great interview. Mm -hmm. And for us, that that interview process, just like you're talking about, we mm -hmm. do it on Zoom, you see people face to face, mm -hmm. you engage with them. That interview to me is only really meaningful if mm -hmm. we have a clear idea mm -hmm. of what this role is going right. to be and what, what the job description mm -hmm. is and what type of person we need to fill that mm -hmm. role. Now we can go have a great interview, mm -hmm. but if we interview people and we kind of start trying to find the right person without mm -hmm. having gone through those mm -hmm. steps, then I think that interview process, you're mm -hmm. just kind of guessing and right. you're finding a personality mm -hmm. that you like and hopefully can fill that role. Mm -hmm. But, but like you're talking about, like it's an expense, but if you've got this process mapped out and mm -hmm. you have a clear expectation mm -hmm. and, and set some accountability of what the structure is supposed mm -hmm. to be, then that person should more than cover. They should be able to produce significantly mm -hmm. more than whatever their cost right. is. Mm -hmm. So that that to us is how we we believe you can flip that conversation mm -hmm. from an expense to an asset. Mm -hmm. They they ought to be a producer, and that's anybody mm -hmm. in your business that you hire. And and you mentioned you know having a time study basically on all the tasks, how mm -hmm. long that it takes. Again, that we we think there's a lot of data that you can pull from mm -hmm. what's already happening within right. your business, whether that's your call logs, because mm -hmm. so many people use voice over IP phone mm -hmm. systems, the emails that are coming in. It's not a guess from mm -hmm. a workforce management mm -hmm. standpoint. Right. How many people should be filling those roles or mm -hmm. what they should look at? But it's just about going through that couple step mm -hmm. process, whether you do that yourself or the company mm -hmm. that you hired sounds like they did a good job mm -hmm. or somebody like us can do that for you. But mm -hmm. going through that process, in my opinion, is definitely the first step into mm -hmm. having success. And then sounds like you can, again, conduct an amazing interview. Mm -hmm. And that's only possible from the prep work that you mm -hmm. did beforehand. And then, then you were able to find the right person because you could mm -hmm. see and identify what that looks like. So mm -hmm. sounds like you did an amazing job with, with that process. Well, you know, it was about the fifth time I tried it. And, and the other four, you know, did not work out and they were absolutely wonderful people. 
it was just, I hadn't managed the situation right. Um, you know, and, and, and it really was, it was totally me. Uh, you know, it was, I hadn't explained my expectations. I mean, it was just all of those various things. And I knew that they were great people. And so that was what was kind of frustrating about it. But when I finally figured out, oh, I didn't tell them. I mean, I the, the first one, I'm not even sure I told her, here is exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> you know, it was like, ah, you know, and, and again, I mean, like you mentioned Best Buy. I mean, you know, you wouldn't send a new sales associate onto the or Best Buy and just say, have fun. because they they need to know what it is that they're supposed to be doing yeah absolutely and that you know nobody likes to guess right right? same with Mm -hmm. team members and employees whether Mm -hmm. they're a w-2 or 1099 Mm -hmm. or service contract people want to know Mm -hmm. what success looks like and i believe that that very few people out there want to do a bad job. I think most people want to Mm -hmm. be engaged and do good work Mm -hmm. and be proud when they leave the office. And, you know, people are, are moms and dads and brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters. Like they want the same things that you Mm -hmm. and I want. They want to be content and happy and fulfilled and a great way to create that, that environment. People talk about culture all the time. Mm -hmm. Culture to me starts with having clear expectations. And and you talked about not micromanaging. Mm -hmm. I think COVID has been an amazing teacher for us Mm -hmm. in the office in a lot of ways. I don't wish the pandemic upon anyone. No, no. But there have been some really great things that have come from it. Yeah. And one of those things is how do we manage to outcomes Mm -hmm. rather than micromanaging details of all the day to day? And that's that again goes back to going through this process mm-hmm. where if you start with systems and processes, you either do that yourself or have somebody mm-hmm. do that for you, then you conduct great interviews and you hire the right people and you have a clear glide path for them to integrate and onboard mm-hmm. onto your business because you've mapped all of that mm-hmm. out and you have structure. Now your employees here and team members, whether they're virtual or mm-hmm. local, are going to be able to do a great job mm-hmm. and perform really well and, and do exactly what you need them to do. And mm-hmm. people say all the time, well, well, how do I know what my virtual team is doing? And if we've set this up correctly, mm-hmm. then you ought to have all the right. clarity and transparency mm-hmm. in the world of exactly what's mm-hmm. happening without you needing to sit there mm-hmm. to micromanage what they're mm-hmm. doing all day long. So right. that that whole idea of being able to manage the outcomes rather mm-hmm. than the micromanaging mm-hmm. them all, all day long, every mm-hmm. single day is, is a huge step forward, I believe, in management. I think a, lo- a lot of mm-hmm. managers and leaders will, will become better because they've been forced to mm-hmm. kind of learn how to go through that right. process. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that the micromanagers of the world, about April, maybe May of last year, their little heads just went. (laughs) Because that was there there are now, you know, clearly there were people who had to go back into offices. You know, there were you know, there are the the essential things that you you have to do, you know, and 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 things like that. But so many people, if, if you were that micromanager you wanted to be able to pop in on somebody. You wanted to be able to check their office, you know, their, their work real quick. And what are they doing today? And, and, and a, a big part, I think of somebody being a micromanager is a lack of trust. And that was one of the biggest things that, that I heard, you know, people talking about with the pandemic was, you know, Friday, you were at work Monday, you weren't, um, there was virtually no preparation. Now, if you were paying attention <laughs> To what was going on in the world, you might have at least been kind of thinking, take your laptops home with you. <laughs> but for many people, they had no idea. I mean, they did not know what their processes were, what their employees were doing. I mean, you know, all of those various things. And so then to be thrown into that, plus a lot of added technology, a lot of other added issues, you know, the, the people who were having to all of a sudden homeschool their kids, I mean, all these various things. It was just, in many ways, it was a a recipe for disaster. But the cool thing was most people survived it. And not only did they survive it, they thrived, you know, and and, I mean, look at how many people now are saying we do not want to go back into our office, Um, you know, and and, I mean, that that's kind of a mixed bag. You know, I know that there are times now I've home office for years, but, you know, there's there's obviously social aspects of you know, getting people into an office at least a couple of days a week, uh, all those various things. It was it was interesting. I and you know I I know you work a lot with virtual employees, so not just virtual assistants, but you know virtual employees. 
I heard a thing on the radio today where they were saying that now some people are thinking that if they're not back in the office where the managers can see them, they might not get those promotions. They might not get those bonuses. And, you know, I, and, and I can understand where that is a concern for people. Um, you know, hey, I mean, you know, you kind of hate to say it. It's like, how do you suck up remotely? <laughs> yeah, I think it goes all back to that structure question. Mm-hmm. So we've been a virtual organization mm-hmm. since 2013. And mm-hmm. the way we're structured is we have a company in the Philippines that mm-hmm. employs our team members over there. And then we have a, a U.S.-based company mm-hmm. here in Dallas. And that's I'm actually in office today because mm-hmm. I like to come in every now and then. But mm-hmm. Our, our U.S.-based company mm-hmm. has a service agreement with mm-hmm. our Philippines company and mm-hmm. the U.S. company services our U.S. clients. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's been since 2013. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have our employees in the Philippines mm-hmm. and then we have W-2 employees here mm-hmm. in Dallas. But for our clients, it's just a service agreement. It's mm-hmm. not a 1099. It's not right. a W-2. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're most proud of, you're talking about these massive shifts that are Mm -hmm. happening in these adjustments companies are having to make through this new normal Mm -hmm. with the pandemic cause. And one of the things we're most proud of is is the consistency and stability that Mm -hmm. all of our clients have had Mm -hmm. through this entire process. So we the the structure, the systems, and that people get tired of that word, system, system, systems. And Mm -hmm. to me, all a system is is a process that's repeatable Mm -hmm. by by someone else. And if you you have that and you have a lot of structure in your organization, then a lot of these problems and issues that you're talking mm-hmm. about, that they they kind of manage, manage themselves. So mm-hmm. you can have team culture. You can have every bit as good right. a culture virtually as you can in an office. Mm-hmm. It just has to be same way in office. Mm-hmm. It has to be a very intentional mm-hmm. things that you put in. So we do things like uh, we force over communication. Mm-hmm. So throughout the day, we, mm-hmm. we through our chat groups and our virtual meetings and our Zoom meetings and, and teamings, it's it's an over communication mm-hmm. that people wouldn't normally do within right. the office, but mm-hmm. start a day, end a day, plus however your mm-hmm. day is going throughout the day, both wins and and um, room for improvement. Mm-hmm. We're sharing that throughout the day. We we make sure and get together pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. We have a, a great rhythm and cadence for for how our teams mm-hmm. operate, and so we're able to create the the same culture, mm-hmm. if not better, virtually as we do in the office. And mm-hmm. you're talking about employee retention and and then ability to to elevate mm-hmm. within the organization. It we really believe that having the structure and the the systems and processes. Mm-hmm place to create a fair and equitable environment where people can truly earn dev promotions based mm-hmm. on their their productivity right. and their ability to contribute mm-hmm. to the company outside of just having mm-hmm. to be good social and, and sucking up. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, I, I think most of these things that people are having to figure out is definitely a net positive across the board to creating a more equitable environment where mm-hmm. people who can produce the the highest level work and most mm-hmm. consistent work have the opportunity for the promotions and the ones who are right mm-hmm. for the promotions have it have equal if not better opportunity right. for those promotions so mm-hmm. um you know it's the same thing with task management when it comes to team environment and culture and mm-hmm. you know like i mentioned we have several w2s here in our, mm-hmm. our dallas office and across the country so we it's something we're really focused on but we believe that that putting structure in place just like with task mm-hmm. management, allows a more equitable environment, which which our teams seem mm-hmm. to, to to do really well and thrive in. Right. You know, and I love that you mentioned still being able to do some of the fun things and the team building things. Um, my husband's company has been doing some things like that, and and he works for a big financial services company that has, <coughs> excuse me, hundreds if not thousands of employees that are now all home based, um, and. When they were able to, they got back to doing days of service where, you know, they would gather and, you know, and and do things, you know, from a a nonprofit perspective. And so that, you know, that was good because, you know, some of them, that was the first time they'd seen each other for six months or or some things like that. But they like things like that. But one of the things that he did now, I got to benefit from. And so I just thought this was pretty cool. He, He would have been attending a conference with, you know a bunch of other peers that didn't happen, but the conference, but they, they still did it remotely, but they wanted to still have a social aspect. So what they did was they worked with a winery and 
every person who was attending remotely was sent a box of wine. Yeah, see, this is why I like this, right? Um, and there were three different types of wine in there, and they were the little bottles. You know, we weren't getting getting all blotto. Um, but then we also got food that would have paired with those things, so fruits and vegetables and cheeses. And <clears throat> then at a certain time, you know, we all zoomed in, and there were probably at least thirty people that participated in this. And the sommelier from the winery then led a wine tasting. And I mean, it was the coolest thing in the world. I just thought it was so much fun. Now, was it expensive? I'm sure. I am sure that especially, you know, sending bottles of wine and food and all of those things to to all of these different people was not inexpensive. But it was it was just a very cool way for everybody to have that social time at that event. And I just thought that was was very cool. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing like getting together in person. Mm-hmm. And prior to the pandemic, we we allocated a budget for mm-hmm. all of our teams to be able to do social mm-hmm. activities and social events. Well, once the pandemic hit, we kept the budget mm-hmm. the same right. and allowed the teams to just get more creative. Mm-hmm. So we did a, a lot of stuff and still do things you're talking about. Sometimes the teams just want to have pizza parties. Mm-hmm. So there'll be pizza and beer and booze right. or whatever mm-hmm. that, where they get together. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, very similar type things. It just takes a little bit more creativity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that through that creativity, people do cooler stuff than they would have ever thought about right. previously. So mm-hmm. some of our teams are are both because they can get together virtually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they will vote and cre- uh, create opportunities to donate mm-hmm. to, to charities or mm-hmm. different organizations. So still using that budget to promote health and wellness mm-hmm. or, or support different families mm-hmm. that are in need. So um, again, the whole culture thing is mm-hmm. like your culture is whatever you make it to right. be and whatever effort you put mm-hmm. in. It sounds like your husband's company does some pretty cool mm-hmm things and we like to do those things as well so um that's you know and for our our client partners that's why we call them partners because mm-hmm. we're doing everything that we can and mm-hmm. everything that we've learned over the years since 2013 as long as we've been doing this to help create some of those incentives and some of those environments mm-hmm. outside of just paying bonuses and mm-hmm. then giving money which everybody likes and there's mm-hmm. a place for that, but sometimes getting a little bit creative and having team events and being able to send food and drinks mm-hmm. or whatever it may be is, is a great way to kind of build camaraderie mm-hmm. and kind of replicate that live event, um, that, that sense of the live event. So it sounds like y'all are, y'all are having a mm-hmm. lot of fun and your husband company is getting creative and doing some pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was, it really was something that, you know, it, it took effort and it took somebody having to, to manage that, but it really was fun. And, and I like the fact that clearly they included the spouses. And if if he'd gone to that conference, I wouldn't have gone. So I got to meet people that I wouldn't have met, um, you know, and, and so that that was really fun. I mean, I just I thought it was was a great time. You know, I've talked to people who they've been doing you know, with their their teams movie night, um, you know, where they all you know, they don't obviously they don't completely sync up um, with watching the movie, but they come pretty close, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, unless it's like a, a live TV event or, or something like that. And so they're able to still do things together. And, you know, you've mentioned, I mean, culture is very important to successful businesses. And, you know, and, and I think that is something that, yes, we have to try harder right now. You know, even when we go back into the hybrid situation, it might even be harder when, you know, when companies are hybrid because you're never quite sure when, who's where. (laughs) You've told half of them they're here on Tuesday, Thursday, the other half are Monday, Friday, and, you know, all of those things. So trying to coordinate that might be even more difficult. But I think it is important because that culture is what, for 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 you know you know any company where you've got more than you know just a couple people that really is you know one of the the very important things that that is part of that business yeah and i this i'm feel really fortunate to have grown up with with i mentioned amazing mentors mm-hmm. and to me mentors were just people that i respected mm-hmm. and thought that they were to me, I wanted you to be excellent on both mm-hmm. sides of your life, both having a great business and also your personal life as well. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you had a successful business, but you're miserable at home, to me, I didn't really see a whole lot mm-hmm. 
a value in that. So the the mentors that I had in my life were were really good at seeing exactly what mm-hmm. you're talking about and and understanding this concept of culture. And what I've kind of you know I I started off being a terrible manager. I I think that I'm a really good leader for my mm-hmm. organization, um, but I think I'm not that great mm-hmm. at day to day management mm-hmm. and, and being a good manager. And part of the thing that I used to struggle so much with was was this th- idea of culture. Mm-hmm. And for us at this point, you know, the guy who says he's a terrible manager and we have over a thousand employees at this point in time, but really the way we got there and created a great culture Mm -hmm. in my mind is it's just a common set of rules Mm -hmm. that everybody's following. So everybody understands Mm -hmm. what, what the expectations are. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands what accountability means. And then we're all moving Mm -hmm. in the same direction. Mm -hmm. So culture is not something that's just solely on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not just up to me. In fact, it's primarily not on me in mm-hmm. our organization at this point. It's everybody holds each other accountable. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what's expected of each other. And then there's this common sense of, of wanting to do the right thing and rowing the boat together, mm-hmm. which creates amazing. When, every, when things are going well and people are doing well, then mm-hmm. you've got good culture. And when people are getting away with things that other people shouldn't, mm-hmm. that aren't allowed to get away with, mm-hmm. or there's always outliers or outsiders, people being able to to break the rules here mm-hmm. and there and no way holding them accountable, then then all of a sudden the culture starts being stretched right. and, mm-hmm. and people start complaining, right? So mm-hmm. the parties are great and sending people wine and all those things. That's it's really fun. It's mm-hmm. great for camaraderie, but we just view culture as it's an every we go mm-hmm. back to talking about the systems and processes, mm-hmm. putting things in place. When you've got structure in place mm-hmm. and then you can create clear accountability and mm-hmm. clear expectations for what you want from your team. And then the company does well, mm-hmm. man, it's hard to not have a fun, awesome right. culture when, when that's happening. Mm-hmm. So for us, we think the culture piece is paramount to success and how you get there mm-hmm. is being really, really intentional, but how you even be intentional about mm-hmm. it is from the very beginning, but by making sure there's clear outcomes and expectations mm-hmm. for everybody. And then all of a sudden, everything else, you know, kind of becomes mm-hmm. a whole lot easier to figure out and make happen. And not, and you can right. have a great culture. Mm-hmm. That way. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is so important to have as you said, that structure, um, whether they're virtual assistants, whether they're virtual employees, whether it's, you know, a combination of that a hybrid, I mean, all of those various things, we need to know how we're getting from A to B to C to D. If it's just, hey, you have to get to F, but people, you know, some people will really excel and some people will, you know, completely fall off the, the rails. And it doesn't matter. I mean, the same thing held true when we were in offices. If you didn't tell people, here is what I need you to do by Friday, you couldn't, you really couldn't jump on them if they didn't get it done by Friday. Um, but, you know, and, and you'd have some people who on Wednesday would say, okay, I'm done. And then other people that on Thursday would say, yeah, can I have till Monday? Um, but yeah, just having those, those policies and, and things in place it it really is the the foundation of a good business and and you know that comes back to the, to the VAs you know when i worked with my my producer kim and said here is what i need you to do on monday here's what i need you to do on thursday because those are the days the program goes live and so not only was it that it was monday and thursday it was by a certain time because you know we and and you know if i had just said okay we've got these programs who knows what would have happened? Um, but you know, when we said, okay, programs go live Monday and Thursday at 11 Eastern time, then she knew, okay, send out this email or schedule it. I mean, you know, that's the other thing is, is, you know, technology has evolved to the point where, you know, she's scheduling, you know, social media posts way far out, all those various things, but she knew exactly what we needed when we needed it. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, entrepreneurs feel like they have to do everything themselves Mm -hmm. and business owners think that they have to be the ones to take everything on. Mm -hmm. And that feeling, you can mitigate that fear from letting some of these things go by having a clear plan in place. So Mm -hmm. whenever there's lots of structure Mm -hmm. and everything's mapped out the way you're talking about, all of a sudden it's a whole lot easier to let go and delegate Mm -hmm. some of those tasks because you know exactly what it should look like. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, you know, any successful employee they have, team member of any kind, they Mm -hmm. have a clear map Mm -hmm. for what it looks like for them to be able to perform at a really high level. Mm -hmm. So 
a lot of the fears that you talked about that people have about letting things go and and having tasks outsourced, whether you outsource it you know overseas or somebody locally in your market, or you just hire somebody mm-hmm. to perform those tasks. The the easiest way to get over the fears is to have a really clear plan mm-hmm. in place and map everything right. out very concisely and mm-hmm. very detailed. And all of a sudden, it's a whole lot easier mm-hmm. to trust and get rid of some of those tasks. Right. Right. You know, and and then it comes back to also empowering them to say, hey, this is great, but what if we did X? Um, you know, and and because we're not just dealing with little mindless automatons. You know, these are people who are intelligent, they know what they're doing. We hired them for a reason. Um, you know, and and so if if my producer came back and said, Hey, you know, I think it would be better if we did the program at two on Tuesday and three on Wednesday. If she could, if she had, you know, rational reasons for that, we might switch to it, um, you know, and, and I think work hours is the other thing that, that many companies are having to, to obviously be much more flexible with. You know, we used to have, they came in at eight, they left at five, they worked that whole time, you know, and now they're home all day. Well, you know, the kids have to have, you know, time that you're working with them. Now, granted, most kids are going back into classrooms. But they could be home, you know, the drop of a hat. So you've got to be prepared for that. Or, you know, a lot of people did decide that remote was was a great way for them to learn. But that might mean that your employees who used to do eight to five are now working in the evenings, um, you know, and, and you just have to be able to, to deal with that. And I think companies, for the most part, very successfully did. Yeah. And that's uh, I think that that'll be one of those things that's company by company basis, right? It'll be up to the individual companies mm-hmm. to kind of determine what that looks like. I think there's definitely some some roles and some people that you can give autonomy to mm-hmm. throughout the time. For us, for the most part, we, we've we stayed pretty regimented mm-hmm. with our hours. We think if you're work for Rocket Station mm-hmm. and our, our virtual assistants mm-hmm. and our team members, just because you get to work from home or you're not in the office, you still, for us, you're still going to function and feel just like the normal mm-hmm. traditional employee right. where we're working mm-hmm. traditional hours mm-hmm. through through the day because we feel like that's the best way to get mm-hmm. consistency and have mm-hmm. predictive output and be able well, to- Well, and when you're working with others, they need to know what time you're going to be available. Yeah, exactly. So for us, I mean, we, we think that, you know, there's definitely examples of roles and people who- can work better at night mm-hmm. to, you know, coders and programmers. There's lots mm-hmm. of people that that do better when mm-hmm. they have their own schedule, mm-hmm. and especially if they're a, a production type employee. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of roles that that we're filling, you can't just be do it whatever. You know, right. customer support, mm-hmm. the emails come through, mm-hmm. or somebody sends a text message, mm-hmm. or the phone calls are coming in. Mm-hmm. We want to answer all those live and right. real time and take care of people. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we do a lot of inside sales work mm-hmm. and working for sales teams, like they need their stuff done mm-hmm. and they need to be done predictably right. and at a really high level. So most of the roles that that we're filling and, and same with our team members and employees that we have directly and then our virtual assistants, it's kind of the same. I mean, your, your schedule wasn't really mm-hmm. disrupted. The expectations mm-hmm. of you were pretty much exactly the same. When you're at your home office, mm-hmm. we expect you to treat that mm-hmm. home office the right. same way that you do your, mm-hmm. your um regular office, you know, there's no eating at your desk and Mm -hmm. do that on specific breaks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way you take care of your Mm -hmm. desk and have a dedicated workstation. So we we definitely understand. And I understand that there's a lot of companies who are allowing employees to have some of those more more nuanced, more flexibility Mm -hmm. with their work schedule. But for us and our teams, for the most part, Mm -hmm. we're even though we're working from home, we're still Mm -hmm. sticking to our our eight to five or nine Mm -hmm. to six schedule for the most Mm -hmm. part. Right. Well, you know, and that's one of the things that they tell, you know, when when people are saying, hey, I'm going to start my own business and work from home, they say, then you need to treat it like a business. You know, you keep that schedule. You know, you start every day by eight, whatever, you know, um, you dress like you're going in to exactly. to work and maybe not quite so much. I mean, you know, it obviously depends on what you're doing. And more importantly, you stop at a specific time, you know, because I think one of the, the hardest things for so many people, and I'm just as guilty of this as, as anyone, is at 10 o'clock at night, I'm checking email, I'm still doing all sorts of things. Now, you know, that, that works for me. 
But for many people, you know, it, it really is okay. Let's keep this regimented schedule. You know, I, I mentioned that my husband's working from home. He still pretty much keeps the same hours that he did when he was going into the office. And, you know, and, and so he's not checking email at 10 o'clock at night unless he knows that there's something he needs to be doing. Um, you know, and and so again, it's just whatever works for for the the individual businesses. And and I think that the cool thing is we've seen people who've gone, oh, okay. This is how we need to, you know, what we need to do. You know, I, I can only imagine, you know, companies that had, you know, 100% of their employees on their floors in their building, and then overnight they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, a huge adjustment for oh. a lot of companies, mm-hmm. and I think of you, you've hit on a bunch of the shifts that the mindset mm-hmm. shifts that had to happen. Mm-hmm. And the first one was really, I think, and you'll probably agree that people can be absolutely as productive, mm-hmm. not in a traditional office, or like more productive. I think that's been more, one of the things we've right. seen is people have been even more productive. Yeah, they more productive. Mm-hmm. They can have a higher quality of life because they actually mm-hmm. get to spend more time with their friends mm-hmm. and. They're not in traffic. I mean, all those things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of these structures that you've talked about having to have more transparency Mm -hmm. and more alignment across the organization has been hugely beneficial Mm -hmm. for tons of companies Mm -hmm. and then having to create more standards Mm -hmm. and procedures and then even correctly set expectations because Mm Those of us who have had any kind of traditional W-2 job, you know, mm-hmm. all most of my onboarding and HR experience just came from like the rules, right? Mm-hmm. It's very little about expectations mm-hmm. in the office. Right. So companies were forced to talk about, you know, setting the expectation work. We we've been that's part of why we had almost mm-hmm. no hiccup through right. this entire mm-hmm. thing because we had to set those expectations from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And we understand how important it is when somebody is virtual where they can't just be lost at their desk mm-hmm. trying to figure out what their day is going to look mm-hmm. like for that day. So you, you've hit on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you've, you know, you've really touched on a lot of the things that companies have been forced to adjust. And, you know, my office is here downtown mm-hmm. in downtown Dallas. And one of the big skyscrapers and these giant skyscrapers exist for a reason Mm -hmm. to house employees. Right. right? And so it's been a massive, I think as much of of a mindset shift for these managers and business leaders and business Mm -hmm. owners, as much as an actual practical shift and change, because the technology is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. today. I mean, the the ability to, for us to have these meetings Mm -hmm. on zoom and, you know, Microsoft teams and our entire company for the most part, Deb run both internationally mm-hmm. and here locally is running through Zoom. Zoom's mm-hmm. our phone system, it's our chat system, and, yep. and it's our video meeting system. It's all integrated into mm-hmm. one. And and so that used to be Slack and Skype and uh, Gmail and mm-hmm. you know, we and Ring Central. We used mm-hmm. to have four or five tools mm-hmm. that have now been replaced by right. one. So oh, yeah, Zoom definitely took advantage of the situation. Yeah, for sure. So the technology has just mm-hmm. increased uh, and and mm-hmm. the capabilities have just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then through the pandemic, a lot of companies were forced, you know, Zoom was kind of weak. It was kind of a weak tool right. prior mm-hmm. and they've been forced to adjust. So mm-hmm. there's just been so many really positive things come of it as far as how businesses have mm-hmm. to think. And you're really touching on the, the management and leadership mindset shift that that companies are are having to transition mm-hmm. to and so i think in a lot of ways those those shifts will be good because they will allow managers and leaders to empower their mm-hmm. teams and empower their employees better and ultimately have a more fun organization right. to run and be a part mm-hmm. of right yeah you know i was talking to one person who said I, you know, I don't trust that I'm, my employees are going to get the work done that they're not just going to screw around yada 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 and and I looked at him and I said, so you know, you you trusted them to not do that in the office, and and then they basically had to admit, nah, they were kind of a you know those those screw around people anyway. And I, and I said, well, then maybe you don't need them. Um, and I think that was probably one of the things that came out of this was people went, oh, you know, okay, this person wasn't pulling their weight. We're going to give them a you know a little bit longer chance, but. You know, if they're not pulling their weight, they're not pulling their weight. And it doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. And the way to really identify that is for, again, I know I sound like a broken record here, but the more structure that's right, Mm -hmm. the more processes that Mm -hmm. you build. Mm -hmm. That's why our team meetings, excuse me, as a company are very efficient Mm -hmm. because you report your numbers and the Mm -hmm. numbers tell the story. Right. 
you don't have people standing up and monologuing and mm-hmm. talking a whole lot in team meetings because we don't need this story. Mm-hmm. You, when we report the numbers, we know exactly what's going on mm-hmm. because we're totally aligned mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of transparency in the organization. So the the whole idea of like what the heck are my teams and employees doing all day? That That's a valid kind of first mm-hmm. question, but it's only valid if you don't really have much transparency to begin with. Right. In your organization. So we think if you start by building that transparency, that alignment, that structure mm-hmm. from the very beginning, mm-hmm. then wow, managing people just becomes so mm-hmm. much easier and then way more, more objective. Mm-hmm right? Like it's, we've all had the manager that we felt like was, was making decisions or Mm -hmm. or giving us feedback without any real Mm -hmm. objective data. It was just kind of how they felt and they Mm -hmm. didn't really have anything to back it up except for their anecdotal experience. And to me, there's, there's not a more frustrating environment to work. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why we think it's so, so important to have that structure, Mm -hmm. that accountability set. And now we can truly be fair Mm -hmm. in how we manage and and the expectations Mm -hmm. that we have for our team members. Right. You know, and I think it's really going to be interesting the next year Um, because I think it's still going to take about a year before medically things settle down before offices settle down. I mean, all those things, I think, you know, it's the, the, there've been many companies who have said, Hey, we're going to go back in at least part-time in a hybrid thing, September. Well, that's not going to happen for a lot of companies. I mean, you know, Delta is not going away and Epsilon, I think is that that's next after Delta. I've already heard of some cases of that. I mean, you know, this is, this is just going to be ongoing. So, you know, I think that the thing is that we've learned is we don't make plans in concrete. You know, we're writing them down in pencil because we're erasing them. But I think it, it really is going to be interesting to see how things settle down because yeah, I think virtual, and you know, you obviously think so, virtual is here to stay, whether it's with you know employees or contractors or part-time, I mean, all those various things. We just like it. People like working from home. Now, you know, there are some that you know, they, they want to be in that office. Well, you know, hopefully there are ways that they can work that out too. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that it's ever really going to be black or white. Mm-hmm. I, I think that most things are kind of, we always yeah. live in a gray world. Mm-hmm. And so I think this idea of hybrid is definitely mm-hmm. more how things will be, mm-hmm. especially, you know, um, you mentioned medically with, mm-hmm. you just look at vaccines and different companies mm-hmm. are going to make different rules. Right. Uh, but a lot of private companies are going to be pretty limited with the mm-hmm. rules that they can can put in place on their team. So I right. think the benefits mm-hmm. that come from having a remote and virtual team and being mm-hmm. able to outsource, there's just so many and mm-hmm. they they outweigh the negatives. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is you mentioned the productivity that's it's higher having teams. Mm-hmm. Out, outsource mm-hmm. your efficiency so you're actually getting more done mm-hmm. and you're you're saving money and and you have a more mm-hmm. a more um, engaged and happy workforce mm-hmm. it's just the the benefits are all the way around and they're they're massive and companies are seeing that and feeling that and at the end of the day companies are going to do what's best for mm-hmm. for their companies and which helps them uh, thrive the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that this hybrid type environment where you have to make some concessions to your team mm-hmm. is definitely going to be the way that, that things going forward. And especially with just how much success people mm-hmm. are having with the end, the right. amount of money that they're saving. So I definitely think it's here mm-hmm. to stay. Right. Well, and I think obviously one of the biggest benefits is that we can hire the best person for the job wherever they are in the world. Um, you know, and, and I think that's really going to make a big shift for people Again, whether they're a full-time employee, part-time contract, whatever, you know, if the, the person who can do the job best is in Timbuktu, you can hire them. Um, you know, if, if you're not having, and you know, you, obviously all this is going to shake down, it's going to change all these things. I mean, there's still going to be times where companies may say, we need everybody in the office at X point in time for whatever reason. Okay, fine. You know, all of those various things. But but yeah, I mean, when, or, or if, if your employee is going to be happiest with his toes in the sand in the, at the beach. Okay. Then, you know, if, if they're, again, if they're able to get the work done, I think many people are going to say, this is, is what's going to work for us. But I think the the flexibility of now being able to truly hire 
the best people, no matter where they are. I think that's really going to be the game changer. Totally agree. Companies are going to do what, what's in their best interest mm-hmm. and what helps them out the most. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody's sitting in a different part of the world mm-hmm. does not mean that they're going to produce any less right. uh, as far as somebody mm-hmm. sitting locally. And the other thing with that is a lot of countries, the, the GDP is just not as developed as, mm-hmm. as it is here in the United States. And the result of that is you get every bit as good of work mm-hmm. as you do from a local employee, mm-hmm. but at a significantly right. lower cost. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that alone is going to continue mm-hmm. right. to drive the mm-hmm. trend because to get, you know, even for our teams, we have, we have companies do, do um, productivity tests all the time mm-hmm. where they compare our teams one-to-one with mm-hmm. the local teams and we consistently outperform. Mm-hmm. And then when you drive the the savings cost, it is, it's just a proposition mm-hmm. that companies aren't going to be able to turn down because right companies at the end of the day are going to mm-hmm. do what's best for the company. Mm-hmm. So right. the trend is the trend is here. And I mm-hmm. think it's going to be in the best interest mm-hmm. of everyone. I think everybody, both employees and the companies are going to mm-hmm. be better off because of it. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Robert, we are almost at the top of the hour. We could continue this, you know, this is why I set a timer, right? Um, but one thing that I definitely want to do is check back in with you in maybe six months or so to see you know, how things are going, because it's, it, it is, it's going to take a while for things to shift and, and things to settle, um, you know, and, and, but between now and then, how do people find you and connect with you? And, and what are the services that, that, that you provide? Yeah. First, thank you for having me on. This was great. It's been I a really great discussion. It. Great guest. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I would love to check back in, in in a few months, whenever that is, and, mm-hmm. and see how things are going, because it's a very interesting time mm-hmm. where things are moving really, really mm-hmm. fast right now. So, so that would be great. And mm-hmm. anybody who's interested in a more efficient team or outsourcing or delegating or heard of virtual assistants and just wants to learn a little bit more. We have a website, rocketstation.com, that's got some good information there. Mm-hmm. We're lucky to have a few of the different sharks from Shark Tank endorsing us and can see those interviews and some mm-hmm. of those things there on the website. But there's a schedule time now button. And anybody who's really interested mm-hmm. in, in how this could apply to their mm-hmm. business, we're happy to spend 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. with you just discussing your business and creating creating a, a customized solution, whether you hire our teams or not. So mm-hmm. if that's something you're interested in, hit that schedule time now button. We'd love to spend a few minutes with you. And, and again, no obligation mm-hmm. to use our services. And, and you asked me what those services are. And I guess I should tell, we really only do two things. The first is we build systems and processes for mm-hmm. any task that happens in your business. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked a lot about structure and systems and processes. That's that's the first thing that mm-hmm. we do. And then the second thing is we're just dedicated virtual mm-hmm. assistant team. So our teams work part-time or full-time for our clients. It's a dedicated person functions just like an employee, but it's a just a service agreement. So no HR liability whatsoever. So right. if you're interested in virtual assistants, go to rocketstation.com. And Deb, I, I really appreciate you having me on today. Great. Well, it, it has been a great discussion. And you know, like one of the things that we didn't talk about was, you know, a VA is what you need them to do, you know, and, and be, um, you know, if you need somebody to help you with once a month invoicing, then you have somebody who helps on one day of the month with invoicing. Um, you know, that's, that's the cool thing about this, or maybe it is that you need somebody six, you know, six hours a day, five days a week. You know, it's, it's the, the, the cool thing about VAs is you, you get what you need. Um, you know, and, and so that's the, the important part of this is, you know, so, so maybe you were thinking, oh gosh, you know, it's just, I just need somebody to do my bookkeeping, but it's just once a month and when that's a perfect time use for a VA. Oh, absolutely. And we're happy to discuss all of those mm-hmm. things with you. Everybody's business is a little bit different. We do a little bit different mm-hmm. things. And so that's why it always just starts with a discovery call mm-hmm. with us for us to really learn and understand your business. We've done it over 2,200 times. So pretty good, at, good mm-hmm. at that process. But anybody who has any questions about specifics, we're happy to spend time with you. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, this is is obviously going to be an ongoing discussion, and and I look forward to the next time we chat. But until then, do you have any final thoughts or advice for everyone? 
Um, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Advice would just be to explore opportunities. You talk about highest and best use of time. If you're really looking to grow or make more money or be more efficient, how you spend your time is, is the most important thing. So whether you're by yourself or you have a big team, each and every person use, needs to be utilized to their best of their ability. And so if you start there, then, then I think everything else kind of takes care of itself. Perfect. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely delightful and informative discussion with Robert Nickel, who is the founder of Rocket Station. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.